Hello. Hello. And welcome to It's a Wrap, Simon and Wayne's Spiffing Movie Review. I'm Wayne Bolt. And I'm Simon Jones. And we're here to give you our thoughts on movies we've recently seen and interesting movie tidbits we've seen on the internet. <laughs> Don't <laughs> laugh at that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even rude. He's doing a tidbit. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving swiftly on like professionals, we've got a particularly good show coming up with a well, we district like yes we hope so uh, we haven't recorded it yet so it could be rubbish but yeah hopefully it'll be good so yeah we've got a district 9 review coming later on in the episode uh, some movie news and we've got a new feature coming up shortly but for the trailer part yes but before we get to that we just wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone that's been listening to the podcast so far we've uh, had a fair number of downloads which seem to be increasing with each episode and uh, we do know that we've got a few regular listeners that have listened to every episode uh, FX Home, I know we've got rock filmers and staff only who are listening, so just a really big thank you to you guys, and uh, do spread the word if you know anyone that might like our style of waffling. So yes, on to the first feature, which is what we're calling the Trailer Park. Yes indeed, what we've decided to do is go to the Apple website, have a look at five of the trailers they got on there, we pretty much just take the, the first five we come across, and we'll give you our instant reaction to them. Yes, and uh, results may vary, seeing mm. as these are not personally selected. This is just what Apple happens to throw at us. Yes, and to let you know, we'll be using the Gertie scale of rating these films. Uh, Gertie, of course, the robot from one of our favourite movies of the year so far, Moon. Yes, see um, last uh, week's, well, last episode for our review of Moon. Yep, yeah, and the Gertie scale will employ the use of Smiley Face, if it's a particularly good-looking trailer and we'd like to go and see the film. Ambivalent Face for if we're a bit meh and sad face sad face for films we definitely don't want to see so number one Sorority Row yes I'd heard about this film it's one of those films where the trailer is so patently ridiculous that people have to tell everyone else about it which in terms of a trailer is probably doing quite a good job because it is certainly spreading the word uh, but this was the first time I'd seen the trailer uh, the tagline for the film is the sisters of Theta Pi are dying to keep a secret yes they are Yes. Uh, first off the whole American fraternity sorority system has always confused me slightly mm -hmm. because we don't really have it here in the UK so the whole thing seems incredibly cultish and exclusive and slightly odd so from the very beginning I wasn't really sure what I was watching and, and also been done before yes many many times Animal House, Porky's mm-hmm all those other sorts of things. <laughs> All those other ones. Yeah. yeah, there's a big list somewhere. Carrie Fisher's in it? Yes, with her new deep voice. Well, not new. She's had it for a few decades now, but it is curiously deep. Mm. It, it slightly freaks me out. And as far as I can tell, it's got hotties in it um, where teenage pranks go wrong. I think if you've pretty much seen Scream or I Know What You Did Last Summer, yeah, you you've probably, probably seen the film. Yeah, you probably don't need to see this one. Um, yeah, it looks pretty ridiculous, and to be honest, you don't need the slasher stuff because the whole sorority concept seems pretty horrific to mm -hmm. me in the first place. So our Gertie for this is... Ambivalent face. I've got sad face. Really? Mm. Uh, I've got ambivalent face because it could be funny in an unintentional kind of way. Okay. Okay. Right. Moving on, Gentleman Broncos. Yes. Have you heard of this, Wayne? No. No, me neither. I haven't heard it at all. That's like some sort of... a. Uh comedy um, from the makers of Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libra I've not seen Nacho Libra well Nacho Libra was actually quite a good film yeah. I quite enjoy it it's well, I, I really like Napoleon Dynamite um, it was kind of quirky and, and a bit different mm. and it's one of those films where you absolutely have to be in the right mood for it yeah but it's got uh, an intriguing view on the world I think I might have just quoted one of the 
titles in the trailer, which is a bit pathetic. But that is what that director seems to specialise mm. in, kind of just throwing this bizarre light on the world. It, and it, it does a, a, appear to be a film of sad American losers end up doing good. But in this case, it appears to be um, based around plagiarising sci-fi stories. And the sci-fi snippets of from the trailer itself look quite good. Yes, and that's uh, the whole sci-fi story element appeals to me as a as a writer. That looked particularly amusing, mm. and uh, especially the concept that you can add anus to anything to make it magical. And to understand the context of that, you'll have to go and watch, watch the, trailer. the trailer. So Gertie's to that one. Smiley uh, face to sm- me. Smiley face, definitely, definitely. So yes, next up on on the Apple trailer site is Nine, which just came out in the US. So. Uh, Quite a lot of people listening to this on probably nine, already nine, seen nine. it. Yes, uh, which is a television show here, but never mind. Um, yeah, so we haven't seen it yet because it's not out until some deter- um, indeterminate time that doesn't really work with their marketing, yep. which is a shame. Anyway, it's um, it, it's produced by Tim Burton. Well, I don't know how far into the direction of it it goes. Mm. Um, it looks very much like A Nightmare Before Christmas, but also other... Um, uh, uh, other similar animated kind of things with that yeah. sort of dark, brooding, post-apocalyptic, uh, the world's not a very nice place kind of animation going on. Yeah, it reminded me of a few things. It reminded me of The Matrix because mm-hmm. the, the the evil machine creatures are very much like yep. the Sentinels and stuff in The Matrix. It reminded me of the game Fallout and the the kind of post-apocalyptic yep. style that goes Bioshock. for. And, uh, yeah, Bioshock as well. And it reminded me of just a load of sacks. So for me, it was like Matrix, Fallout, and Andrew Sachs and all Andrew combined Sachs all together yep. uh, in what they're calling Stitch Punk. Yes, so which is brilliant. I looks, love that term. It looks very exciting. So our uh, Gertie's to that one. A smiley face for me. Smiley face, definitely going to be visually brilliant, if nothing else. So uh, mm. yeah, good. and good cast as well. Yeah. Number four in our trailer park. Yes. Astro Boy. Astro Boy. Which I thought was a TV series or a film from like the 90s or something. Is it a Japanese thing? Uh, very possibly. They do that sort of thing in Japan, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, didn't like the look of it myself. Um, um, looks like a cut-down version of The Incredibles. Yeah. I mean. The visual style looks like it's trying to be The Incredibles. Um, and some of the backdrops, it kind of got it. But the characters were just lifeless. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of the Team Fortress 2 visual style as well. Mm-hmm. Computer game. But yeah, it's just something really sort of bland and uninspiring yeah. about the character designs um, didn't seem anything there to really uh, grab you to want to see no, the film no. so maybe good for the kids but to be honest they might as well just go and watch The Incredibles because it's brilliant yeah. so uh, that's a sad am- face oh ambivalent face really? for me oh, yeah. I'm going well, for sad face because it just looks cheap and cynical okay. well, kids, kids deserve better damn it so yes uh, lastly um, whip it whip it not the dog <laughs> no, um, that could be good. <laughs> yeah. That could be like the fast-paced sequel to Benji. It could well be, yes. couldn't it? Anyway, Whip It, it's uh, Drew Barrymore's directorial debut. Apparently, yeah. And from watching the trailer, I'd sum up as teenage girl emo rollerball. Yes, yes, exactly. Less violence. Uh, but yeah, Ellen Page is in it, who I quite like Ellen Page, actually. She's done some interesting films. She did Hard Candy, which was brilliant. Seen that? No. Yeah, very good. Good. Very ambiguous film about all sorts of things and she's fantastic in it then she did X3 which wasn't a particularly good film but she was alright in it then she did Juno which I've not seen but you know big film and now she seems to have gone and done this kind of weird teen thing which seems more along the lines of those like uh, random dance movies they do every so often which are like kids going and doing dancing and getting getting off the streets and all this kind of stuff and Mm, just those really generic movies and 
yeah it doesn't doesn't look interesting in any way no, no. <laughs> there's nothing i could say about the trailer which would make me want to go and see the film or even to recommend anyone else to go and see the film no so you're girty for that one uh my my, my girty for that one is ambivalent face really i went for sad face yeah i'm not sure it's even worth sad face it's like so mediocre it doesn't deserve like <laughs> it doesn't a, a deserve to be opinion. given a poor exactly okay so of all, all the films then uh, we've seen trailers for this week what's the one you'd be most likely to see um I think Gentleman Broncos just just because it looked bizarre and mm. it had that line about anuses you know and you, you like a good anus yeah. well, at the can, end of something to make it you can put anus better. in anything and it'll make it magical so they say yes anyway that's enough of the trailer park this week indeed on to movie news movie news so the big news for me uh, was Disney's buyout of Marvel. Did you yes, hear, did you yes, hear about that? yes, I've got that on my movie news to really? look at as well. Yeah, oh, um, I'm can't. hoping this doesn't lead to Mickey Mouse joining the X Men. No, no, that'd be rubbish. Um, unless he gets killed really early on, which would be good. Yeah, that could be quite good. Like, obliterated somehow. Yeah. So, what do you reckon? We can expect lots well, of more superhero films coming out now. Possibly. If this had happened a few years back, it would have been the worst news ever because Disney were going through that patch of being utterly shit. But then there was that weird Pixar buyout thing where they bought Pixar and everyone got in a panic because they thought Pixar were going to be subsumed and this kind of stuff. But then it turned out that John Lasseter and all the Pixar people all of a sudden were on the top board of Disney. Uh, and you realise that Disney bought Pixar, but Pixar actually ended up in charge of Disney. Um, and that's kind of what's happened because Disney shut down their 2D animation department and this kind of stuff. It was just horrific. But Pixar, even though they're the 3D experts, as soon as they got back in charge, they reinstated that and you know it's all good. So the idea of Pixar having some kind of involvement with Marvel superhero stuff is quite exciting, I think. Um, just is this, is you're just hoping this is going to happen? And this is the best case scenario, yeah. <laughs> right. But there was, uh, uh, there's been a few interview snippets with Edgar Wright of Shaun of the Dead and um, Hot Fuzz fame, mm -hmm. who is, who's kind of for years been trying to make Ant-Man. And he's now talking about doing something with Pixar and... Marvel and getting involved and it's all kind of a bit rumours he's he's not admitting anything he's not denying anything and he seems to be trying to wangle something basically but I don't know could go either way but Disney's moving in the right direction generally I think so hopefully this will be a good thing and Marvel have been in financial straits for a while mm -hmm. now so yeah hopefully well, good let's hope so well, the, the proof of the pudding would of course be in the eating yes uh, I'm quite excited by the prospect of watching Zombieland which is an upcoming American post-apocalyptic zombie comedy oh. uh, written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. No, no less. It's starring Woody Harrelson, and it looks basically like a small town in America beating up zombies. And these are the 28 Days Later star zombies, not the Dawn oh. of the Dead star ones. Um, probably very much the American version of Shaun of the Dead. Will right. it be as good as Shaun of the Dead? Um, let's hope so, but I doubt it. Shaun of the Dead was a very good film. You don't think it was a good film? No, Shaun of the Dead was a very good film. Ah, I thought you said you don't think Shaun of the Dead no, was a good film. No, it was a very good film. Okay, that's good. I was about to get very angry. Mm. Um, well, yeah, I've not, I don't know much about Zombieland, I have to say, but given Shaun of the Dead exists, is it really necessary? Or do you think just giving it the American spin on that kind of suburban type view of a zombie apocalypse is worth doing anyway? Well, I think so, because they seem to be looking at the various different ways of killing these zombies. Oh, I think well, that seems to be doing, the focus it? of this thing. And of course, uh, it's a good training instructional video for when the zombie apocalypse does actually happen. Ah. So it's always worth doing your research. Yeah, there's some interesting zombie films on the horizon, because there's World War Z, or World War Z, mm -hmm. for our American listeners, who, uh, which is based on a 
particularly good book apparently and uh, yeah that's coming soon I think because good old well, you know, the reason why these films are all coming out is because of the international conspiracy about the upcoming zombie apocalypse mm -hmm. it's just a series of training training stuff, stuff yeah. Yeah. exactly that's why I left the dead came out you yeah. know there's a whole load of people that are trained up to know exactly how to deal with the zombie apocalypse as long as there's only four of you so you're fine mm. yeah next next um, oh yeah well someone will be coming to shortly Charlotte Copley uh, I think that's how you say his name, uh, who's the lead actor in District 9, which we'll be getting to in a minute. There's a rumour that he is going to be cast as Mad Murdoch in the new 18 film. Yes, I saw that as well. That could be very exciting. Which, which could work nicely, because he does have a certain Dwight Schultziness to him. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's all my news. Have you got any extra special stuff? Um, only really uh, Rambo 5, mm. or Rambo V, as they're calling it. It looks like they finally settled on what the story is going to be. And for those fans of NFN out there, which is a short film um, filmed by It's a Trap um, in 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 Norwich. Um, NFN standing for Normal for Norfolk. Norfolk. Uh, we'll, we'll be quite disheartened to see that the plot of Rambo V centres around Rambo going out to hunt down some medical experiments which have gone wrong with <laughs> some super soldiers. Really? Yeah. Rambo hasn't been particularly sci-fi before, has it? No, it's been mostly war. Mm. It's still going to be war, but it's an experiment that's gone wrong. Soldiers escape. Um, Rambo's brought in a black ops squad to hunt, capture, or kill the genetically altered, bloodthirsty super soldier. It should just be Rambo versus Predator, shouldn't it? Well, it should be. Really? It's about maybe it will be. You never know. I mean, maybe maybe yeah. it is, and they just keeping it under wraps. Yeah, Rambo V. They just haven't put Predator. On. <laughs> exactly. You yes. never know. Yes. <laughs> we we see what yeah, you're trying to do, Mister Stallone. <laughs> so yeah, in six months, when that gets announced, yeah. we got there. First. Yeah, yeah. All right, and that brings us nicely on to District Nine. Yes, um, which was in some ways this year's Cloverfield, in that people weren't really paying much attention to it. Um, then the trailers appeared, and it was kind of one of those underground kind of marketing efforts. So rather than a a big blitz, Harry Potter, Transformers in your face type thing, it was this kind of gradually bubbling under kind of awareness that yeah I believe the first teaser trailer appeared at Comic Con last year right and it's been in the UK it's been fairly quiet um, but the first I really knew about it was when I was looking at some movie news for one of our previous episodes and sort of stumbled across it somewhere mm. and all of a sudden thought that's a really cool film and then we've been to see it yes yes indeed it's finally come out here and so uh, We'll just do a little bit about the film first and then yes, we'll ramble we'll, on. We'll tell you what it's about in case you haven't seen it yet, but we're going to try and keep spoilers to a minimum, so you, you should be alright to uh, to use this as a recommendation for your life. So, District 9, directed by Neil Blomkamp, Blomkamp. and produced by Peter Jackson, who did that famous film with the uh, Hobbits and things like that. Oh, that was a bit of movie news. Uh, the Tolkien <laughs> yeah. estate have finally cleared yes. it for The Hobbit to be made. Yeah, so The Hobbit can officially be made without any legal shenanigans mm. getting in the way. Anyway, back to this. Um, yes. yes, it's written by Neil Blomkamp and Terry Tashel. I believe based on the film itself is based on a previous short film he did. Yeah, what was, some, uh, what was it called? Something in South Africa. <laughs> yeah, so Something like that, I think. Something in, in a place. In a place. Yes. And it stars... Charlotte Copley as Rickus van der Meer. Good accent. Uh, thank you very much. And a smattering of other South African actors who really aren't that famous and probably aren't going to be that famous after the film, even though they no. all did quite a sterling job. Although I think Charlotte could go a long way. As Halling Mad Murdoch, as yes. said. Yes. 
So the film follows the story of Vickis or Vickis van der Meer, who is an operative of a huge multinational corporation called Multinational United, uh, which is a, a large company specialising in advanced weaponry and technology. I think that's what it stood for. MNU is Multinational United. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so roughly 20 years ago, an alien spaceship arrives and hovers over Johannesburg, uh, largely doing nothing. And after three months of nothing happening, uh, humans cut their way into the ship and find a large number of diseased, sick and ill aliens. No one ever explains why they're there, uh, but it is speculated that the aliens are part of some sort of working caste. Um, they're moved to a camp below the spaceship in an area called District 9. Um, tests of various alien weapons and technology show that humans are unable to use them as some sort of genetic link between the technology and the alien. And then we move on into the near future, uh, as in next year, 2010. Uh, where we see that the camp has now become a huge slum. Uh, MNU are contracted to clear the aliens, or prawn as they're known, um, from the camp into a new, essentially, concentration camp built some 200 kilometres outside of Johannesburg. Um, Wickers is put in charge of the operation, and basically the first half of the film follows Wickers' attempts to lead the aliens away, and uh, doing the eviction, and then the rest of the film follows the events from there. Yes, as things, of course, go a bit wrong mm. because it's a sci-fi film with aliens in it. Yeah, a film wouldn't normally be all, all right. No, a bit no. weird. But having said that, um, the, the setting and the setup of the story is quite unusual for this kind of genre. Um, I think one thing that amused me is that the spaceship design is almost identical to the spaceship design in Independence Day. I thought that was... I don't know if that was deliberate, but I thought it was quite amusing because you get this mm -hmm. giant saucer-shaped monolithic thing appear over the top of the city positioned perfectly to uh, obliterate all the buildings in a kind of Roland Emmerich kind of way um, but instead it just sits there and does absolutely nothing mm. and everyone just gets a bit bored because nothing happens uh, so immediately it's kind of undermined that sci-fi expectation of complete disaster and destruction and uh, apocalypse and all this kind of stuff uh, and, and then when you do see the aliens they're this kind of downtrodden diseased kind of completely subservient creatures that mm. just they, 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 even if they wanted to take over the planet they just wouldn't even be able to think about it because they couldn't be bothered yes yes they've barely got control over their own lives they're just kind of scavenging for bits and pieces and yeah, so the, the setup's great, and the first half takes on this sort of uh, documentary style, hmm. following around various characters with interviews and interview snippets, uh, kind of from the end of the story interspersed with events as they happen, and then gradually it kind of moves away from the documentary format and goes towards a more traditional kind of uh, narrative format. style. Yeah, yeah. I, I did find the, the mix of the narrative and documentary style sort of didn't quite work for me. Yeah, um, yeah, I've heard this a lot from people. Yeah, well, the, the thing for me, I hope this doesn't ruin it for everyone, but the reason it didn't work for me is because um, Charter Copley bears more than a, a working resemblance to Steve Carell, who, of course, plays Michael Scott in the American version of The Office. So I was in that mindset of thinking that the documentary parts were like watching The Office in Alien Workplace, <laughs> which... It, it's unfortunate it sort of detracted from the film um, but that was just more my perception as to what was yeah, going see, on see I'm not familiar with the US office at all so didn't really pick up on that um, but I mean yeah there are certain similarities in terms of 
Charlotte plays this office worker who's desperate to get on with everyone he works mm. with and come across as like the ultimate professional and yeah. on, on and you know in aware the cameras, to the cameras yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's a very valid persona and character to have on there, and it works. It works nicely. I think it's unusual to have your lead character be that kind of pathetic when it's not a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, in a comedy, you might start out with someone who's really nerdy and that kind of David Brent or whatever. Well, I think it's just the thing was when you're first watching it, there is that danger that because of the way the film is done, you are being led down. It's almost like a comedy style. Mm. But then as soon as that's out the window and the narrative takes over, I found that it all just snapped into place really quick. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, the, the feel of it with with the slight elements of comedy at this kind of when they're doing the eviction and going through the slums and mm. trying to convince these aliens to leave there's such a tension sort of undercurrent through the whole thing mm-hmm. that even though it's kind of amusing and intriguing and no oh, look at the funny aliens doing funny alien things at the same time you've you've got this you're, you're getting more and more wound up inside because you know that everything is completely out of control it's just that none of the humans have quite realized it at that point yeah <laughs> um yeah, and then it's, it's seeing what happens once the sort of you know the, the, the spring snaps and everything goes completely haywire basically. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really it, it works really well though. Um, well, I think we we need to mention um, the the obvious comparisons uh, between the prawn as they're called uh, and their slums with the apartheid situation in South yeah, Africa. Yeah, yeah, because obviously in the first trailer this was something it really focused on because you barely saw anything to do with aliens. It, it looked like it was going to be. A, a kind of apartheid straight film really set in the 80s or whatever um, and as with pretty much all the best sci-fi it's always an allegory or a metaphor for some kind of proper society issue mm-hmm. or you know human issue um, but the balance is always in getting a crucial point and the, and the setting and the and the comparison that you're trying to make without it becoming incredibly preachy and I thought District 9 did it just right yeah. because it creates this setting and then lets the setting speak for itself Yeah, it, it doesn't feel the need to pause to talk to you about how awful the slum yeah. is it just shows you the slum yeah. and it's, you know, it's a slum and you can make the comparisons if you want yeah, uh, and if you just want to enjoy a sci-fi romp, you can do so yeah. without worrying about the politics of exactly. it too much and in that regard it reminded me a lot of Starship Troopers and Verhoeven stuff in that on the one hand it's this really cool really well produced action movie uh, but on the other hand it's, it's, it's quite witty but also quite biting satire and analysis of a particular society yep. uh, and it, it gets that balance just right I think because neither <clears throat> neither side undermines the other one yeah um, there were a, a number of refreshing things about this film as a, as a decent sci-fi alien shoot em up which it mm-hmm. does eventually turn into um, is the fact that I was really really impressed to see the, the the setting of the film actually being somewhere not like in America yeah, uh, or yeah. London or anywhere in Europe definitely um, and they do make a, a a reference to that right at the start of the film um, when they were talking about how when the alien ship came in oh normally it goes to Manhattan kind of thing it's a very veiled little dig at the way these action things all, all, always tend to work mm-hmm. and also what I really liked um, was for a change you actually get to see the aliens fairly quick on yeah, it's normally not, it's not a big reveal or something. They're no. just you know other creatures, just other characters. Yep. And what we ought to say about the aliens as well, um, as we were discussing after we saw the film, what was the the CGI and the effects on them? You you didn't really notice the CGI effects. They were just the aliens. Yeah, I think for from I mean there were a few shots where you could tell it was CGI. 
from a kind of technical point of view, but it didn't really matter because the actual way that it was shot and integrated and, and the performances they got out of the, out of the creatures uh, was pretty incredible. And for my money, I know you can look at Transformers 2 and some of the parts of Caribbean sequels and technically they might be a bit better, they might be ever so slightly more photorealistic and this kind of stuff, but in terms of the use of special effects to drive a narrative, I think District 9 is the best film I've seen for years, mm. to be honest. It's, it's just really astounded me. Um, and there's whole sequences where you've got Charlotte interacting with uh, Christopher, the one of the alien creatures, uh, and, and it doesn't even cross your mind that it's a special effect. No. And sometimes you think it's going to be a guy in a suit, but it's not, it's all CG. But it's, yeah. it's done, the, I don't know, whether they went down the Andy Serkis Gollum motion catcher performance route or ha what techniques they used, but it, it worked amazingly well. Yeah, it is it's really good. Um, and with, with a, a number of the other special effects as well, um, you can actually see what's going on. Mm. Um, I think when, yes. when we were talking about the Transformers 2 um, debacle um, in one of our previous um, podcasts, we, we did mention that there was too much effects happening, so you couldn't actually see what really was going on. There's just too much action. Whereas this time, the actual sequence, you can actually take it all in. Yeah, but what's interesting is that uh, a lot, I think I've been a bit guilty of it as well, with Transformers, uh, I basically blamed the fact you can't tell what's going on on the kind of shaky camera work and stuff. Um, but District 9 is all shaky camera work, it's all handheld stuff, it, whether it's in the documentary style or, or the, the more standard narrative type bits, it's, it's all done in a handheld way. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not so much that technique it's it's whether you know how to use it or not yeah and i'd argue that michael bay just either can't shoot it or can't edit it in a coherent manner mm -hmm. whereas neil blomkamp quite clearly yeah. can shoot in that manner and and piece it together so that it still makes sense oh this film could have been much much worse in the hands of yes. anyone who's yes. not neil blomkamp it could have been absolutely terrible mm -hmm. and i hope that what well, i i hope that there's not going to be a sequel because I mean the whole mystery you don't know everything about the film yeah. you don't know yeah. things aren't explained as to uh, mm -hmm. as to why things are there and why yeah. certain things but do having said that happen. I did find it a very satisfying ending yeah, uh, yeah. It, it ended in a it got a lot of closure from the film yeah. but it didn't feel the need to wrap everything mm. up it, it left enough threads dangling but, yeah. but not in a there's going to be a sequel kind of way mm. although I think some people have but the danger that is way. that someone may come along and yeah. go that could be a great sequel we can do like that and if it's the wrong person it can absolutely ruin the whole thing yeah. I give you Highlander 2 as the example <laughs> there yes. um, still not seen all that film never will yes indeed um, so, so yes I think uh, generally that is an overall view of it the first half I found to be very refreshing um because you'd seen elements of it before, um, all the different ingredients you've maybe seen in pieces in different films, but I'd never quite seen them put together in that way. Um, and especially nowadays where so much sci-fi goes down the kind of Transformers 2 route, which just doesn't really interest me. And I think the first half of District 9 in particular is the first time a sci-fi movie's interested me, other than Moon, which is mm -hmm. brilliant. But it's the first time it's just, it's just tried to do something different. Yeah. Um, most films don't even bother trying. Uh, the second half, turned into a kind of generic action movie which is a bit of a shame but on the other hand it was such a good action movie it didn't bother me too yeah, much yeah it could have, it could have gone bad but it went good yeah which, which was nice yeah and it ticked a lot of the cliche boxes yeah but it did it well and there's a lot of homages to other films as well mm -hmm. um you can w watch this film and you can see uh, there's obvious uh, allusions to 
they live which is like a subculture alien kind of thing which I know you haven't seen it's a John Carpenter film from the 80s mm -hmm. it's sort of like where the roles are reversed though where the right. uh, yeah. instead of the aliens being the oppressed and they live the aliens are the oppressors um, I thought the ending was a bit reminiscent of The Fly I hope that doesn't give yeah. too much away but yeah, um, yeah it's you, can see, you see that one coming though to be honest yeah, yeah. there's a lot of references in it that it feels like a film that is very much aware of its genre um, yeah. not in a kind of stealing bits and pieces here in a doffing by cap kind of way yes exactly exactly um, so yes for, for me it's very much recommended um, it's probably my favourite film of the year so far oh, better than Moon I'm, I'm not sure if it's better than Moon um, but I enjoyed it more than Moon I think if I had to pick my best films of the year Moon would currently be number one but in terms of the film's and how much I enjoyed them, then yep. nothing comes close to District 9. Yep. Well, maybe Star Trek, because I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Got to say, uh, yeah, District 9, very well worth seeing. Um, and see it at the big screen, I think, as well. It's, yeah. it's one to spend your money on. Yeah. Especially if you can go on the Wednesday where you can get cheap tickets if you have an orange phone. And if you're in the UK. And you're in the UK, which might be. But anyway, <laughs> it'd be worth paying full price to see. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it's going to be a film that works and rewards reviewing as well yeah because there's so much detail and love and care put into it yeah that, yeah it, it's gonna run and run i think to be honest uh, let's hope so yeah let's hope so so yes district nine go see it good all right that almost brings us to the end of this week's podcast yes anything remaining is to uh point you at our website and twitter and email because we want to hear from you uh we want to hear your feedback and comments and yeah, it helps us make a better show next time, hopefully. And, and if there's any trailers in particular you'd like to see in the trailer park, yes. let us know as well. Yeah, it can be old trailers. It can be like you know from the '80s if you want. Uh, we'll take a look at it and see what we think of it as a trailer. So yes, um, you can get in contact with us on email at Simon and Wayne at spiffingreview.com. Yep, and our website is spiffingreview.com. And you can follow us on Twitter under spiffingreview. So yeah, that's all fairly easy to remember. Yep. Uh, so yes, do find us there, and we look forward to hearing you. Oh, hearing and before we go, for those of you who are expecting us to do an Inglorious Bastards review, mm. I did go see it. It's a typical Tarantino film. It's not bad. Um, goes on quite long. Could be a bit pacier in some areas, but yeah, worth seeing nonetheless. If you like Tarantino, you'll like that. If you don't like Tarantino, don't I won't bother. bother. <laughs> <laughs> right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.